Welcome, welcome, everybody. This is episode eight of the Audio Autopsy Podcast. As usual, my name is Mason Marshall. Joining me again for like the seventh time, Something Martin like. Thompson. Thank you. How have you been? I've been quite well. Summer's kind of winding down here, and to celebrate it, Mason and I are going to go to the middle of nowhere in the Boundary Waters to go backpacking. Uh, but that leaves a six-hour car ride there, six-hour car ride back to fill with... All- Twelve hours of music. Good math. That was clutch. <laughs> I was pausing there, kind of unsure of the math. but I got you. I got you. <laughs> Did me a solid there. So we'll be listening to any of the suggested music you guys have been sending us. Yep. I and- know Tannis Byrice has sent some in. That's my sister, actually. Yes. So, uh, But really, we want to... If you guys ever have something, I know Chris Molinar, uh, Micah Chetrit, these guys have all thrown Mac us a bone. Um, Andy McDonald is actually giving us some suggestion for music. So if you guys ever have anything, just let us know. And uh, we might not get to it right away because we've, you know, got some other schedules beside the podcast. But we'll get yeah. to it eventually. And uh, we'll give you a shout out just yeah. like we did the aforementioned people. <laughs> and uh, I know fame is everything. So if you want to become on the, if you want to come on this podcast. Notoriety. Yeah. Um, another thing we'll get to happening tonight are the VMAs. But we're leaving at like the crack of dawn yeah we'll get to them next week we'll talk yeah. about those next week we'll get there so is what it is but uh we also have quite a few interviews for you today uh included in one of them is andy mcdonald he is a graduate from new london spicer high school for those of you listening who also graduated from there or from the area he graduated in 2013 he has partnered up with ot rodriguez from wilmer minnesota and they have an indie acoustic um duo group they have a few songs out on SoundCloud, but currently they have around 17 songs that they plan on recording um, and getting an album out, and you'll hear about it later in the interview. But that'll be a cool interview, and uh, look forward to it for later on in the episode. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, we actually talked about uh, another local artist from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Her name is Anjali Madhawk. Um, I told Martin and Michael, Michael's not here, unfortunately, to listen to her. And uh, what did you think? Yeah, I had a chance to listen to her latest album, Feel Things Like You Said. I actually believe her name is Unjuli Mudok. Um, that's how you pronounce it. Okay. But before we dig into it, here's a taste of the title track. So that was Feel Things, the title track off that album that came out of June this year, and that is a, a perfect progression of her musicality, or at least the, the picture you can gain looking online. If you go to her SoundCloud profile, uh, you can see that th- about three years ago she started posting a lot of covers of uh, Bonnever, Ingrid Michaelson, that sort of style music. Let It Be by The Beatles, all uh, sorts of stuff. And then... Um, uh, group Bewildered Fruit and her collaborated on a full album and then she came out with her own album um, called Apostrophes about a year ago and then Feel Things came out this year and it's it's a nice continuation of that. The The production is becoming more slick. She's finding her sound. You, you got a full music scape out of that song, did you not, Mason? Yeah. 
if you especially if you go if you go to our SoundCloud page, you scroll all the way to the bottom, listen to the first song, and then listen, you know, gradually as you move up, you can hear how she's evolving and you know, growing her talent and skill and but it it always maintains this very intimate uh friendly and like benevolent sort of collaborative style there's a music video about made by like her and some friends i'm pretty sure it's called he sales it's off that second album apostrophes um i think it was out as a single first and it's just it's just fun to listen to um but the best part is if you go to her Bandcamp profile um it uh, she mentions that you're, you're fine with just downloading the tracks for free you know typing in zero dollars um but if you do choose to pay, she'll donate all the proceeds to the Chinmaya Organization for Rural Development back in India. And I think that's just like a fantastic thing to do because, because then clearly it's it's about making music and, and seeing it out there. It's not for personal gains in any manner. You know, the really cool part about that when you look at the fact that she all of her proceeds go to a donation is that what she's doing is purely for the love of music and enjoyment, not for profit, etc. You know, it's kind of... It adds on to the poetry of her words, almost. And if you listen to the lyrics, they're very poetic and um, very much up for interpretation, I feel. Uh, there's a lot that can be dug out of them. But it's a very good album, this new one. It's brand new. It's about a month, maybe two months old. Um, yeah, so if your um, music library has Ingrid Michaelson or Bonnever in them, you should definitely check her out. Um, her name is Unjali Maddock. It's A-N-J-A-L-I-M-A-D-H-O-K. So she's on SoundCloud, um, Bandcamp, uh, both albums are, and then she's got a music video on YouTube. Yeah, so check her out. Uh, I hope she's going places. Um, She's already got a lot of talent, and you can hear it grow every time she releases a song or album. And while we're on the topic, um, I recommended Grace Mitchell to you uh, to listen to this week, which you did not. I didn't even listen to a single song. I'm sorry. Um, If you remember, I'd come across a single of hers um, last week, thought maybe it'd be compelling to listen to more of her stuff. Uh, Grace Mitchell is a singer-songwriter out on the West Coast, and I was kind of let down. It was a matter of... Much like Tame Impala. Yeah. Right, it was a one compelling song, and then a lot of songs that sounded like, okay, yeah, we've heard this before. This is on the radio, and I, that's fine. It's their prerogative to make whatever music they want. But it's when when you feel like an artist is onto something new, like Unjali is, and then you don't you don't see that reflected in any of their other music. That that's just kind of disappointing. But uh, Unjali's music is consistently her style and very good. I know, yeah, from the feedback we've heard on it already, it's been very well received on facebook so yeah check it out um we've got a link to it on the facebook page as well so what else have we been listening to um little people uh, i told you about earlier this week and it's very much similar to ratatat and rjd2 oh, sure. and yep it's kind of a synthy rock almost silver screen music you know okay. silver screen yeah yep um so imagine like Requiem for a Dream kind of but with rock. You can like see, you get the sense that when you listen to music, you can like see a scene unfolding in your head or like this very is a montage much so. music. Yeah, yeah very, very cool. much so. And uh, it's great for running, working out, or just kind of a passive 
in the since there's there's one song that's kind of got ambiance lyrics in it otherwise mm-hmm. it's just instrumental so it's great for busy work kind of sure. um music uh it's not too distracting and it's fun to listen to i threw it on when i went for a run and stuff so worked really well uh little people uh start shooting is the song that you might have heard if you've heard it say on pandora or something okay. otherwise not a, a lot of their other stuff gets much coverage anywhere so well covering it here yeah and um, I, uh, The Predator. Oh, yeah. Michael had recommended last week that we listen to Ice Cube, one of his earlier albums, uh, The Predator. And I'm glad. Like, that was kind of what I ran to this week. And it's um, a style of music I might not normally dip into, but I'm glad I do. Um, and it just sort of, like, opens up narratives you don't usually get. And it ties into the the Compton album we listened to last week, which you've been... Sticking with, I think? I have. I've been listening to that a lot this week as well, actually, along with The Predator. I would say, since these are, you know, the two most recent albums of the same vein that I've been listening to, I prefer Compton and uh, what's been done in it. Ice Cube is actually in some of Compton because mm-hmm. um, him and Dre have a uh, prolific past together, so to speak. But yeah. uh, yeah, The Predator was good. I would say Compton's better. You should listen to Compton, you know. More. Yep. Um Yeah, it's interesting stuff. And it it's a whole it's a whole different I mean, you know, obviously it's different from like Unjali, but like <laughs> it's yeah. you know, there's just everything about it besides just the sound, everything about it, the artist, the emotions that you know, the sort of rage that goes into it is a fascinating change of pace from mm-hmm. you know, like uh Annie and O Trouble and uh um I think, and that uh, Predator is actually uh, one of Ice Cube's earlier albums, and the fact that it still feels fresh, like you were saying, that it still feels, you can, like, that emotion, it's still kind of, like... Applicable? Uh, yeah, that's, that, that like, that's a testament to its staying power, that they made music that was a mold breaker and was controversial and clearly has, like, had a lasting impact over the past two decades it's still huge and it's and you listen to it and okay unfortunately a lot of the the content about uh struggles and racism in the united states still apply that's an unfortunate parallel Mm -hmm. um but the musical style is still here and and they kind of did it best it almost sounds like the production and everything you mean it's yeah and it's it's excellent yeah yeah um what else what have you done um, yeah, I actually, we talked about Leon Le Havis last week. You recommended that album to me, Blood, which you should definitely listen to because it has the song, um... It's What You Don't Do. It's What You Don't Do. Which it's is such the, a good <laughs> album, and that, that song, song 2015 is, for me. is so good. Um, but I listened to some of her earlier stuff, and when I was doing research into her as an artist, um, for last week's episode, some people classified her as folk, and I was like, that's not... That's not applicable in the Blood <laughs> album. But if you listen to uh, an earlier album, Is Your Love Big Enough, then you can kind of see it. It's it's less less going on. It's a simpler her and like a... If you had to pick between the two. The the first one. And I don't think... Or you, no, the... Sorry. Blood. The, you'd, blood. You'd, blood's, you'd the prefer first bl- one I listened to. Yeah, okay. Sorry. That terrible way to phrase that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't think it's different in a way that her fans... Um, from her first album would be disappointed. I think it'd be seen as a maturing musical style and you wouldn't like see this as a change of direction. 
that's oh my you know we've talked about like sell out before mm-hmm. you know artists that change for the change for the check but uh this is kind of a natural uh yeah. evolution mm-hmm. so i listened to that um and a band called a silent film which is um it's rock a light rock i would say they sounded a lot like semi-sonic i don't know if you've heard of them but they have a great album called feeling strangely fine that i've listened to um since i was a kid and they kind of fit with vox trot a single we featured uh, an artist we sing uh featured last week i believe but if you like that kind of like a lighter rock um lyrics that have a little something to hang on to a silent film and Voxtrot and Semisonic all, all to me, play together nicely in a playlist. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Lake Street Dive. They're You've a... You've been listening to a lot this week, haven't you? Yes. I've had a lot of car rides and a lot of runs. <laughs> so, even more. We're going to have to get a yeah, lot of stuff to stock up for tar- tomorrow. Um, but Lake Street Dive, to me, is a uh, soul, jazz, kind of folk rock covering band, but they do have some of their own content uh that's sometimes classified as indie pop i think but not not to me they're a four person band and their lead singer rachel price has this like wonderful alto voice that the the timbre of it is just i don't know where i've heard anything like it they recently had a song a cover of i want you back that kind of went semi-viral got a couple million views on youtube and that's where i oh yeah i've heard of these guys before picked them back up again and uh, fantastic music to play with Leon Lahabas if you like the Blood album. Other than that, um, this isn't directly related to music I've been listening to, but Diplo, the DJ and producer, had a uh, interview on National Public Radio. Music. NPR yep. music, yep. to be specific. <laughs> and I don't know if you know, but he's having probably like one of the best summers you can have as a career. Uh putting out music with he's got like see. the top three songs right yeah, now are major, all produced by him major lasers lean on is his doing uh madonna's latest album and then uh, I, is it the whole album or is it just bitch on madonna nope um i think they collaborated on a lot of the i mean that's like the signature piece from yep. the album and the he's been with skrillex justin bieber so this is his summer to just blow up and he went on this interview with a public radio station and was just this like completely humble like yeah you know i've really developed my craft interview. yeah it's fantastic um and just thankful for the time to spend with a public radio station which is kind of hard to i mean it's good to see it's npr yeah <laughs> um I'm, i was really like happy to see that so yeah um speaking of interviews though let's cut to it yeah and for our next guest We've got Annie McDonald, who's part of an acoustic indie duo with O.T. Rodriguez. The name of this group is called O Trouble. It used to be As Above, So Below, but they recently changed it. They met senior year of high school and are soon to get their first album out. They've got a couple songs on SoundCloud. They're really good. Check them out, and we're going to have a short interview with them. So how are you doing today, Andy? Doing really well. Uh, it's a good Sunday. 
<laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, um, have, thanks for having me. Yeah, not a problem. Our pleasure. Tell me about this new album you're working on, Andy. Basically, um, OT like just plays all the time, and he pretty much writes all the music and then brings it to me, and then I just kind of do the production and the post-production stuff and um, add the final touches and everything. But basically, he's got about, like, 17 songs written. Wow. Um, Probably only about 10 of them will make it to the album. But, uh, you know, other ones are, like, he's got a lot of ukulele songs that he likes to um, write, and so those will probably end up on their own EP just for, like, fun, you know, not quite as produced, mainly just really raw, like, him and the ukulele. And should be pretty fun, though, so... I'm thinking that'll be, you know, recorded when we get uh, a little bit of a break. So when did you first sit down and record with him? And you guys are just on SoundCloud as of right now? Um, As of right now, we're just on SoundCloud. Um, Eventually, we'll set up a band camp. We just kind of were waiting on that until, you know, we had something of, like, substance, you know, a full EP or something. But as of right now, it's pretty much just, like, when we record covers, whatever, um, just upload them to the SoundCloud. And, you know, since it's free. You guys have a nice cover of Sweaters, I heard. Um, that's like one of the first things you put up there? Sweater weather? Yeah, yeah. the yeah. sweater weather. Sweaters. It's called <laughs> hoodies, I think, yeah. something like that. No, yeah. Um, OT just kind of came to that. And um, he's got another a Drake song, actually. That one might make it into uh, one of the funny EPs or whatever, just kind of the... The grab there. Yeah, so yeah. that's a fun one. So you do a lot of musical production, you said? Yeah, I like to do... <laughs> it's funny because um, that's actually what I do more than, like, playing, which I, I feel like is kind of the norm with a lot of people that like to, like, get into recording. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like you end up... The only time you ever actually end up playing an instrument is just so that you can record it, which has kind of been my habit recently. But um, yeah, uh, I've been doing that for like a long time since probably messed, messing around with it in like seventh grade, things like that. And then um, have kind of progressed from there and sure. have upgraded to Pro Tools recently. Um, bigger interface, like now I have enough to do like a live drum kit if I wanted to. And um, have kind of really been like having a lot of fun with it. And like every every time I record something, it seems like my ears just get better. And it's really fun to see like progress and stuff, especially. But I don't know. Sure. It's mainly been a hobby. But yeah. Do you yeah. ever listen to your old stuff and like, wow, we've we've really come a long way. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of times when you go back and you listen to those things from like, um, you know, freshman year of high school and. What was I even thinking here? Like, <laughs> probably, probably a lot of just angst. Just didn't even make sense. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, we heard some of you. You aren't. We heard harmony in. Uh, you were singing the harmony in. Um, oh, what song was it? Yeah, in the sweater weather one, there's actually three harmonies. Whoa! If you listen, nice. yeah, if you listen closely, we have um, the guy that actually sang in our in our pop punk band when we were doing that. Um, laid down like the higher harmony on it mm-hmm. so i think the third or whatever they call it uh he did that part and but i just did a a, a low harmony on that actually yeah so we did we did a three-part harmony and what's this about uh, a pop punk band 
Um, that was our, that was actually our main project. Like, um, as far as like music goes, we were, um, a five piece pop punk band, um, called made right. Um, we started out as, uh, heart so full and that was just <laughs> too much of a, too much of a mouthful. So we kind of <laughs> changed it and called it made right. Um, and we did that and that was our main project. And then with like college and stuff, um, being in different locations and stuff kind of put a strain on it. So we, we kind of like downsized to a four piece, whereas like, uh, Lucas Nelson, who also went to high school, um, in new London, he was playing guitar too, but then he went all the way to Missouri for school. So it was pretty much like impossible to, you know, ever play shows, especially during the year with him. Now it's kind of like we're in three different, even just the four of us are in three different towns now. So Moorhead, St. Cloud and Wilmer. And so it's pretty much just impossible to do that. So that's kind of taking a, you know, a hiatus or whatever, but it was um, a lot harder to fit in as the, pop punk stuff even though that's like the genre i don't know if you guys have like even delved into that kind of like area but uh the pop punk like genre is starting to like get really big i know like michael who you guys have had on before uh likes to listen to like a lot of hardcore and stuff like that i don't know you guys are but like yep yeah and it's kind of like transferred almost like as far as that scene goes to more like pop punk stuff but um yeah, the acoustic stuff is a lot more received in like different places. Yeah, a lot better received. Yeah, that's that's coffee shops. A lot of you know, you can be an incredible artist, but if you're in a really niche genre, you're not gonna get as much recognition exactly. as you sort of deserve. Yeah. So, are you guys hoping to take this uh, coffee shop to venues like high aspirations for this, or is this like a pet project where you guys are in the same university? Well, um, well, he doesn't even go to school. He just lives in Wilmer. Ooh, I love it. But I would say first priority is for him, like, as a songwriter, he just wants to hear the final product of a completely, like, produced version of his songs, you know, since he puts a lot of emotion and stuff into his Mm -hmm. writing. So it's they're, like, a deeply connected. It's not, like, something that, you know, whereas, like, like pop writers write a song and it means nothing to them, you know, like, it didn't really come from... So, yeah, but I mean, obviously, if people like it and stuff like that, that's great. But our our view on the whole thing has always been um, making music for yourself first. And then because if you don't like playing it, you know, people aren't going to like listening to it. Sure. Yep. So. So you if you if you kept with this, where would you want to see yourself in like two, three years? You know, would you guys be performing? Would you be performing around state or? Like playing festivals and things like that, yeah. I think would be like the most fun. Like obviously, um, you know, playing small venues is really fun, and playing house shows is actually like the coolest thing ever. Because if you can play in like basements or living rooms, like that has a nice so much more it. like intimate yep. and like yep. yeah, kind of a small jam session That's or whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. you're like connected to each person in the room. It's not. Um, There's no stage between you. So yeah. Not, Exactly. Yeah. Whereas like playing in like big venues is fun, but yeah, festivals would probably, but yeah, I would say, you know, if we're, um, working hard in like two years, I would hope that we were doing like kind of a touring type gig 
but yeah. still kind of keep, keep into the smaller, you know, more yeah. acoustic or not acoustic, uh, indie, you know. Well, you've got a very personal sound too. So, you know, the lyrics and the sound of it is a two heart kind of personal sound. So that seems very fitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were, let's talk about your name a little bit. You were as above, so below just a week ago, actually. Then, yeah. Then you like saw that this movie came out about the catacombs and you're like, oh shit, no. <laughs> tell us, tell us what happened yeah. with this whole naming process. Okay. So basically, I guess we came up with as above, so below because of the movie. Ooh. And that was kind of OT's like, he's like, oh, it's cool. Like, you know, um, you're tall and I'm short. So as above, so below. And he's like, <laughs> yes. he's like five, he's like five two. So yep. <laughs> it's kind of fun when we're standing next to each other. Cause I got like a foot and a half on him <laughs> At as least. far as height goes. So that's, that's why um, on your album cover, he's like in the foreground and you're like standing off in the distance. It's and like, you're oh, about yeah, the same height. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> same size. Well, we first got the idea to change the name just because of the idea that um, As Above, So Below is like such a mouthful and like same thing as the other pop punk band. Like, you know, you, you have to have the short name yep. with easy words that's going to stick in people's minds. And um, so we wanted to change it. And basically As Above, So Below just came about because we're like, wow, we just need a name. Like we need to put this music out because we didn't just want to put it out under nothing, you sure. know? Um, yep wanted to have a little bit of structure and so but basically we just came up uh came up with oh trouble um the other day ot just came up with it texted me and i was like that's awesome it's short kind of like has that feel um and if you listen to the songs in a lot of the songs um kind of have that old vibe of or the vibe of um you know oh trouble like and did he want it to be his initials? Was that like a driving force behind this name? OT, O Trouble, it's it. Yeah. It's funny because I just realized that as <laughs> you were introducing me, literally <laughs> just like right now, I was like, oh, wait. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sneaky yeah. bastard. <laughs> he totally did it on purpose. Yeah. Gonna have to That's ask his, him. His whole plan is just take it over. Yeah. Um, no, actually, uh, OT is just abbreviation for. Um, O'Toole, but okay, no yeah. one knows how to pronounce his name, so it's a safe he just bet. says, "Yeah, call me O.T." O.T. Got yeah. it. Fun. So, no, um, you you were talking about the lyrics and how their uh, "O Trouble" is a fitting name, and uh, you guys have a sound that's that's like that sort of indie acoustic, um, mm-hmm. you know that that's got a good path par- carved ahead of it, but your lyrics tend to be a lot more thoughtful than the standard four minute pop song. And I, yeah. I was really impressed by that. Yeah. Um, OT is actually like super smart. Um, and as far as like the lyrics go, he's always focused on trying to, um, make his lyrics more elaborate. So like, sure. Instead of saying, instead of saying, Oh, I'm so sad. Like, you know, use words like morose, Get or, some synonyms you know, in here. Yeah. Things that just are much deeper. And um, I guess it just comes from him being like interested in like poetry and things like that. Instead of, and, I really, you know, really, 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 really like you. I don't know. I really, <laughs> yeah. really, really, really like you. There's no other way to say that. <laughs> really, 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 really like you. I'm not infatuated. Yeah, no. I really like you. Really, really, really. Yeah. So, there's, 
there's a huge difference there, you know. There's more. But, there's much um, more to it than your average pop song, which is easy to appreciate. So. Yeah, and he, the other thing with that is like, um, he's always tried to like make it so that he doesn't sound like other artists, where you know, like sometimes that's dangerous, I guess. Yeah. Um, yep. depending away on from what works, what you're doing. Because sometimes when you, like, venture off too far from, like, genres and stuff, you know, it can be good. But sometimes you're you're going to get the people that are like, I don't like this. Like, what what is this? You know, but um, I also imagine it would be tough to define yourself opposite everybody else, because then you're not necessarily doing your own direction. You're just going where it hasn't gone before. And that's not as clear. Yeah, it's a tricky yeah. situation. Yep. Yeah, and so, well, even, like, um, his acoustics stuff, Never Shout Never. Um, yeah. The guy that, the band Never Shout Never, um, Christopher Drew, did, he pretty much got famous off of a ukulele EP called Me and My Uke, and uh, he pretty much just got famous off of that. And for a while, uh, OT was like, yeah, I don't want to play ukulele anymore because I don't want people to just be like, oh, you're like, never shout, never. <laughs> so, oh, that's <laughs> tough. You you're know, always going to have critics. It, exactly. And especially since with someone like that who's come up and was known for that for such a long time. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's always in his mind about um, trying to have his own sound. And um, he's got like a pretty distinctive voice. Yeah, you know his tone is different than a lot of people, so um, that's kind of cool. I've always thought it always helps with his, you know, songwriting to try to break free from like uh, structure of you know songwriting and stuff. Um, you know, a different guitar amp or anything like that. You know, if you have your own tone, you're going to be like, oh, I know that. That's you know, yeah. this person. Sure, get a signature. But, so speaking of individuality, yeah. you know, you you want to be your own, but what where did you or where did ot draw some of his inspirations from where you guys like say oh yeah these these are who really inspired us well it's funny because like all of it goes back to like hardcore music which is kind of funny in a way because um that's like what he grew up on and like what i grew up on and um but basically from there it went into um bands like uh as cities burn who and um alexis on fire and who is actually the lead singer became city in color okay and so dallas green yeah so um that's like i would say probably his biggest inspiration um just from what we've talked about everywhere like john mayer is another big one but yeah city in color um is kind of like one of his biggest i would say just because of um if you listen to his music, a lot of times it's just super raw and um, like pretty much him and the guitar and his voice is so intimate that you can, and he kind of has that same style of using lyrics that are more um, thought out. And so you can hear, especially in uh, the way that OT uses chords, guitar chords, he, you know, comes up with his own and instead of playing G and C and D, like a lot of, you know, Sure, the a lot of acoustic songs. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of acoustic people have a hard time like um straying from that path of 
uh, playing, you know, G, C, D, and E minor, whatever, and just strumming them. Whereas um, City in Color has given him kind of that guitar playing style of throwing chords that are, you know, discordant, but fit so perfectly once the other chords come in yep. and, you know, that's got to put a lot using of using pres- different strumming techniques and that's that puts a uh, pressure on you as the producer doesn't it to kind of like take these pieces and fit them all together then yeah it it really does um but it is fun you know because you get to it's not just like a copy paste type of okay yeah thing you know you you get to come up with like your own like ideas and so yeah, it's it is interesting. Sometimes it's really hard even to um fit like drums, which you know, you'd think like drums would be the easiest in my mind as far as incorporating adding stuff to songs. Yeah, just because mm-hmm. the rhythm is there anyway, you know, I mean, songs it's pretty hard to have a song without rhythm. But um some of the songs, you know, it's it's interesting and it's fun to see too, you know, him being a drummer. He has uh, cool ideas a lot of times that are, you know, I would have never thought of that. And it's really sweet to hear it all come together. And like on the Interstellar song, um, you know, it was fun to uh, do like electric guitar effects that made it seem more atmospherical. And, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like you're spacey. And so but I guess live, that's what we've been going for, too, is just kind of... Um, having a good ambiance and making sure that like people like get a feeling an overall feeling from the set and that it's all one thing. So lately like OT came up with the idea to have our songs like all run together Wow! and yeah. just have like inter- interludes yeah. in between. Yep. Yep. No, it's more, it's a, but it's yeah, a more it, immersive experience that way, you know, when your songs all blend exactly. into another too, it's a very, it doesn't happen that often actually, you know, I mean, there's yeah. a few groups, but if you can do an, a whole album where there's no break mm-hmm. in any song, that mm-hmm. would be gorillas. Yeah. It's like gorillas level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the whole concept album, except not necessarily a concept as far as an idea, but a concept of a feeling, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, kind of. We'll try to do that in the album too. Um, is kind of bring that same feeling of that you are always like like you say immersed in the you know yeah. the so music you, and can you tease the album a little do we have a name do we have an emotion or are you trying to keep this on wraps for another couple months um as far as a name goes we're not great with those but <laughs> uh kind of the typical i guess acoustic genre of um you know heartbreak and things like that and just like having like rough times in life and stuff, but that's probably the overall feeling of it. And uh, what we try to like incorporate is like, not necessarily the whole like depressed part of it, but the working through it and like, like analyzing yourself. Oh, sure. You don't just say like, here's a really poor situation emotionally. It's like, and here's where we brought it. Here's what we did with it. Yeah, here, I'm sad. Yeah, Yeah. instead of, like, I'm sad, it's, like, why am I sad? Like, let's think about this. and Yeah, what um, we're going to do about it. I don't know. It's cool. It's cool to see. Yeah. Cool to see where he usually goes with things, but. 
and we're hoping by by January 2016. Yeah, I would that's I would uh, say that's a logical guess. Okay. Um, it usually doesn't take doesn't take me too long to do the actual like mixing and um, you know the editing and stuff. The hardest part is sitting down and getting everything recorded. Yeah. But um, the get- way that I record, I kind of like to do like stick building, you know, where, which is a lot of, you know, like producers do that. And that's kind of what I've followed is, you know, obviously you, you record like one instrument and then the other and then yep. um, build it up. But I like to make sure that as I go, like things are fitting together sound wise, um, not just like rhythms and things like that or notes, but like that it sounds good as you go so the mixing doesn't take a whole lot because it's already kind of been you know rough mixed as i go just to make sure that yeah the feeling is getting conveyed so yeah recording sitting down and getting the full like hours and hours of tracking and recording each instrument is probably the hardest part but good luck over the next semester then i think we're pretty excited to hear it. We'll have to get you at, back on the podcast when that lands, and you'll be like the album of the week. Yeah, sure. That would be great. Yeah. Maybe, well, maybe we'll get OT uh, on here as well. Yeah, hopefully both of yeah, you can join next fun. time. Yep, that's a, definitely a possibility. So. All right. Well, Andy, thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us. Yes, thank you for having me. It was fun. Great time. All righty. Take care. And now you... You know, Mason, last week we were sponsored by a Spectracide 16-ounce can of spray foam to kill carpenter ants and bees, and that got me thinking. What? It got me thinking, is there a god? If so, what is his nature? Benevolent? Otherwise? We decided to ask Dog himself. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. But before we go, Martin, we obviously have to give each other... An album for the week. Uh, so this week, I'm actually going to give you a silver screen album, a soundtrack album, and it's a Django Unchained. Quentin Tarantino movie always, always has beautiful music to it. Not beautiful music, but perfectly fitting music. Sounds good. And this week, I'm going to give you an album by Buddy Guy. Oh, yeah. I actually uh, saw him a couple years ago live at Summerfest. Oh, no way. Well, yeah. he's got an album out, Born to Play Guitar. Uh, came out this year. Uh, I know nothing about it, so it'll be a good thing to dig into to both of us. So that's episode eight, everybody. Uh, We had a lot of stuff to talk about. I think this was an awesome episode. Come back next week. See you guys then.